0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back. This is The Walking Well Podcast, and I am your host, Jalon Martz. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are actually wrapping up our month um, month-long check-in that we're doing in June as we opened up season two this month. So we've talked about distractions and what to do to kind of ward those off and use um, the time that we have wisely to be focused, to be strategic, to be intentional. And then we took a little time to talk about um, delays and how those are purposeful and how oftentimes God is giving us an opportunity to grow and to mature and to to gain mastery. Last week, we talked about um, detours, kind of, but more so what happens when you mess up, you know, or reroute. Um, Sometimes you take a wrong turn, you fall off the horse, and we just really talked about how to get back on your horse, get back on your plan, and to um, not feel condemned, but to really decide to move in the direction that God has called you to, and to do that boldly and confidently, knowing that um, the Lord is for you. Today, um, episode four of season two, we wrap up. We are talking about um, basically what to do when your life doesn't look like you think it should, right? Um, and that can be a challenge. You know, I hear so many people talking about, um, it's those curveballs in life that really, those hits that they don't see coming, those dips that they don't see coming that, um, present serious challenges for them. Um, those are the humps that are really hard to get over. And so I just kind of want to talk about what I've experienced, what I've learned in my years of life, not looking like I planned per se. So a lot of you guys know my story. Um, you know that I uh, went to school, got my master's in 2016. I was a mental health, um, I was a student in mental health counseling. And, you know, that was not something that I had necessarily planned out for my life, but that was a door that I felt like the Lord had opened and was calling me to walk through. And so I walked through that door. I, um, you know, did the hours, studied kind of read. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I completed my degree and was just like, awesome, cool. We're going to go be a therapist, and make you know money and support ourselves, and be independent and buy a car and eventually buy a house. And we're going to just, you know, knock off all of those, um, those what I like to call developmental tasks, you know, those things that in our mind are, are by now I should be, by now I should have kind of things. And, um, Ah uh, that's just not what's happened, and that door hasn't even opened for me um i I've knocked on the door to be a therapist here and there and explored different um avenues of actually practicing therapy. And the door hasn't opened, and I'm not one to go knock down doors um I have learned you know those that try to carve their own way cut their hands, and so I'm always looking for the open door in my life um and the door just has not opened for me to become a therapist for me to practice and do therapy um in a in a way that you know I, I would like to and to be completely honest with you that was very frustrating for me for a long time um i think sometimes it can still be kind of frustrating because uh, it feels like that's the big holdup in my life it feels like sometimes uh that is keeping me from making progress like i want to and why do i find myself over here doing this 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 other stuff you know um can i finally get on with my life you know and um and that was, and sometimes it is still a very, um, hard challenge, I guess. And, and it encompasses a lot of things. Um, so one of the first things that I, I think is really big, um, that you find when your life doesn't look like you think it should, um, is in the story of Jeremiah and it's Jeremiah 15, Um, and so Jeremiah 15 sort of starts off with Jeremiah sort of talking to God and he's like, Hey, you know, I wasn't one of those people who, you know, got your word and just tossed it aside. Like when I, when I encountered your word, when I encountered truth, I ran with that. I shared that with other people. You know, I I was the messenger. I was one of those people that was in love with your word. And, and he says to God, he's like, Hey, why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, refusing to be healed. Will you indeed be to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail and are uncertain? That's Jeremiah 15, 18. And um, brooks are meant to sustain, you know, Elijah the prophet was sent to a brook and God sustained him there and sent him ravens. Your brooks are meant to sustain you. Um, and so Jeremiah is basically saying, Hey, God, I did everything that I was supposed to do. Are you now going to be unfaithful to me? Are you going to be like something unpredictable that I can't rely on, that I can't trust in? And, you know, that's where our hearts go. If we, if, if we were honest, that's where our hearts go a lot of times when we've done everything that we could have done and should have done and the chips are not stacking up. You know, things are not lining up. Two plus two is not equaling four. In our hearts, we kind of look at God like, hold on a second, but I did it right. <laughs> you know, I did what you asked me to do. Why am I not getting this, this outcome that I, I thought I would get? Why is that not happening for me? And so um, God says something very interesting And it's actually been something that God has brought me to over the years when I find my heart in this place, um, And he says in verse 19, it says, verse 19, therefore, thus says the Lord to Jeremiah, if you return and give up this mistaken tone of distrust and despair, then I will give you again a settled place of quiet and safety, and you will be my minister. And if you separate the precious from the vile, cleansing your own heart from unworthy and unwarranted suspicions concerning God's faithfulness, you shall be my mouthpiece. That's a chin check. I don't know if you know that, but that was a certain chin check, (laughs) an undeniable chin check. Um, Because what we have to guard our hearts against is offense against God when our lives don't like we think we like we think they should. How things haven't happened like we think they ought to have happened. We have to guard our hearts against offense at God, if against getting hard-hearted towards God, and that's really. Where the right posture in this sort of season of life starts, it starts with being honest, it starts with saying, Okay, yeah, you know, you know, one of my favorite things is getting raw and honest before the Lord, and I say in the throne room, but like just sitting with the Lord and being like, You know what, God this feels icky. Like it feels like you've left me. It feels like you hung me out to dry. It feels like you led me down this road and made me think or let me think, you know, that everything was going to be hunky dory and I was going to get the job and I was going to make bank. And, you know, this was going to happen for my kid or this is what was going to happen for that relationship or for my marriage. And it didn't happen. Where are you? Where were you? Why is this not, why is this not happening for me? Um and we have to guard our heart against God because or guard our heart against the fence at God, I'm sorry because God is not unfaithful. You know, the scriptures say, let every man be a liar, but know that God is the truth. And that has to be our starting place. That has to be our starting point. Um, And so first things first, guard your heart against offense against God. And if you do a heart check and realize, "Mm, I got some hardness in my heart against God. I don't feel like I can trust God. I feel like he let me down. You need to sit down with a pen and some paper and, and get honest and raw before the Lord and air out your dirty laundry. This is where I'm at, Lord. This is what I'm feeling. You know, and I'm not saying get disrespectful, like I'm not saying that, but I am saying be honest, be transparent, air that out. Um, because God can only deal with the things that you you put out there on the table that you allow him to touch and reach. Um, so let's start there. Let's start with guarding our heart against offense um, from offense against God. And if we find ourselves offended, we definitely have to be honest and, and start there and say what is and, and give voice to what is. Um, from there, I've learned that you've got to sober up some. And by that I mean, you, you kind of gotta wrestle, you gotta wrestle some things down and settle some things down in your soul. Um, and the first question is, do I actually, do I really and honestly truly lack anything? In the seasons where we find ourselves, um, not where we want to be, not with the outcome that we wish we had, do you truly and honestly lack anything? You know, the scriptures say that, that the Lord is our shepherd, right? That he's there to lead us, to guide us, to shield us. Um, and so you've got to really ask yourself, okay, hold up. I'm agitated, I'm upset, I'm flustered, I'm frustrated. Why? What is causing that agitation? If I look at if I look at my life, if I look at what's in my hand, if I look at my needs, are all of my needs met? Because if my needs are met, God is still holding up his end of the bargain. Um, I'm recording this on a Sunday, and so uh I got a nice little um I got a real serious chin check in in church today because my pastor was really preaching to me. (laughs) I don't know why everybody else showed up because that was for me. Um, but he was just talking about how, you know, honestly, a lot of times our wants are the source of our, ag- are the, is the source of our agitation, those desires that go beyond daily bread. You know, the Lord has promised to give us daily bread and daily give us what we need. And oftentimes when we find ourselves frustrated and feeling stifled and feeling stuck, it's because we're not getting our wants. We're not getting those things that our appetite craves, that are beyond daily bread. And don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not advocating poverty. I'm not advocating lack because that's part of the curse. What I am saying is that sometimes you wanting a house or you wanting to be in a different place and season in life, or you wanting to have a job that pays you more, um, it's not a bad thing. Desires and wants aren't a bad thing, but you've got to be careful that those are not agitating your soul and are not robbing from a sense of enough in your life because the Lord has promised to give you what you need, you know? And so we got to start. We also have to check that and be like, all right, what is the source of agitation, um, in my quiet time this morning, I um the Lord was like he gave me like so I can't even be mad that I got a chin check in church today because the Lord really was like, Hey, <laughs> you're going to service and he gon he gonna be hitting you with the one too. Let me just give you a little I'm gonna give you a pre-wash so that that real wash down is not gonna be so rough. And so I was in Philippians four, um, eleven. And Philippians four eleven. So Paul's talking to the Philippian church, right? And, you know, it's got the the verses about um uh, think on things are lovely, just pure, honest, worthy of praise, excellent of a good report. And we, you know, are talking about, um, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But 411, uh, Paul is saying, like, hey, it's really great that you guys, you know, have, have sown into my life. I really appreciate that. Verse 11, he says, not that I'm implying that I was in any personal wants, not that I didn't have, because I've learned how to be content, which means to be satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I'm in. And in the past, the, the part of that scripture that's jumped out to me is I have learned, um, because that process of being content is a process. It's how you learn. It's the Lord teaching you and you responding to his instruction and learning how to be content. Um, but today in particular, just the word contentment, like, not satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted Uh, because I can I can sort of look at my soul and say all right I'm agitated I'm frustrated I'm feeling like I should be somewhere else I should be further along I should finally have this and finally accomplish that and have this checked off my list and I don't and that is that is aggravating me it's causing agitation I can't even enjoy the goodness of God in my present moment because I'm so upset and frustrated about what I don't have what's not in my hand Um, and when I look at my life I have what I need and it, and sometimes you know what you have sometimes having what you need is not delivered to you in the way in the package that you want it to be and that in of itself is frustration but it's not that you don't have it's not that it's not coming the way that you want it to come it's not that you don't have somewhere to live it's that you are in an apartment or that you're staying with your parents or um you know you're whatever it is you don't have a car, whatever you don't have the car that you want or whatever it is sometimes we have to sit back and go but wait Are my needs met? Do I have what I need? Can I then pull back all, pull away from this table of frustration and actually enjoy the feast that the Lord has prepared in front of me? That I'm not pressured. I'm not, you know, um, I'm, I'm not going without, you know, because provision, the Lord taking care of us is the promise of God. That's where all believers should be provision. Your needs are met. God has you. Um, However, he's meeting those those needs for you. You know, I mentioned the brook, right? And Elijah being at the brook. He could not be upset with God about not having a palace to eat in and having good food like the Lord was providing. He gave him what he needed, but it came by the way of ravens. And, you know, he had water from a brook. He could be upset about that or he could rejoice in the provision of God. So we got to check our hearts, right? When we find ourselves in a season, in a place where like, oh, this ain't where I want to be. Okay, cool. This isn't where you want to be. That's okay. But can you, can you push back from the table of agitation and choose to, to enjoy the provision of God, how the Lord has blessed you, how he has allowed the sun to shine on you and the rain to fall on you? Um, because that's important. The other scripture that is really, really great that I meditate on pretty regularly these days is 1st Timothy 6 6. And it basically says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, And, you know, a lot of times when we find ourselves, uh, you know, I just don't believe that God wastes anything until we find ourselves in seasons where we're uncomfortable. We've got to pause and ask, what's the discipline? What's the lesson? What's the skill that I'm supposed to be learning in this season? Because it's purposeful, right? Like where I am, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's not ideal, I can be gleaning from this place. And so, you know, contentment is not something that you ever really graduate from. And it's an internal discipline so that when the Lord takes you into extra, when he takes you into abundance. You know how to not let that have you. You know how to be self-contained and to be content, whether you've got tons or little, because you know that the Lord is your source. So we gotta sober up. We've got to ask ourselves the hard questions. Do I lack anything? And if not, then we've got to wrestle down that agitation, that that uh craving for more and for excess and learn how to pull that in and be content with what we have. The next thing that I've learned um, about seasons where it's just not where I wanna be is that you've got to remain flexible, you've got to stay open. So um, there have been so many places where God has taken me that I did not want to go. And they've always been fruitful places. <laughs> there are always these places where I'm like, that don't look like what I want. And they are forever the fruitful places. And what I've learned from that is that um, I have this saying, I have such little plans for myself. Um, so many times we want to understand and we want it to be, you know, ideal. And it's not that God doesn't know what you like. Sometimes what you like don't look like what you think you like. (laughs) So like for instance, um, when I was looking at colleges, I really wanted to go to Duke. I had no desire to go to the University of Florida. Um, I grew up, uh, LSU fan as far as college football is concerned. And, you know, UF and LSU are mortal enemies. So, um, I wanted nothing to do with UF, but UF pursued me. UF sent me um, an invitation to their African-American scholars weekend, which jump started my application and gave me, you know, not really preferred treatment, but it was like, Hey, this person attended, they've got interest. Um, And I just didn't want to go. I wanted to go to another school. And, you know, I got accepted into UF. I got a scholarship to go to UF. It was in state. So I got in state tuition on top of all sorts of in-state um financial aid. And I didn't get into the other school that I wanted to get into. And when I finally arrived at UF, um, I got the the style of dorm that I wanted. That's where I met two of my best friends. Um It was, you know, an hour and a half away from home. So when I went home every weekend, it wasn't that long of a drive. Um, They had the program that I wanted that I didn't even know I was looking for. Like everything just lined up so beautifully um, with UF. And that was where God had made provision for me. Didn't want to go, didn't care to go, didn't want to learn to chomp, but it turned out to be the, the manifestation of God's goodness in my life. Even though I had no idea, I didn't want to go. The other school was like eight hours away. They weren't going to accept my AA that I got um, in high school. I was going to start all over with my credits. Um, you know, just a whole host of things. And I mean, that was just the first one of the big lessons of like, oh, okay. <laughs> garbage you're doing. You know, when you open these doors, I don't want to walk through. And so with that, I've learned that sometimes, you know, where God is calling me doesn't necessarily look appealing. But when there's an open door, you walk through it because you, you just want to see like, okay, is God in this? Is this where God is calling me? Because he could surprise me. And a lot of times the lesson in that, the discipline in that, the skill that we're, we're learning is yieldedness. You know, you don't always have to understand. You really don't. (laughs) You, you, you want to have a a posture of not my will, but, but your will, Lord. Like, I don't get it. I don't know. Is this going to work? How is that? How is this going to work? But you want to at least step in the door, sniff it out and find out if that's the mind and the will and the heart of God for you. Um, because those are oftentimes really, really sweet spots. Um, and so you just want to learn how to sort of stay open. Keep your hand open before the Lord. Um, we have this saying, you know, I relinquish my interest in the outcome. God, what do you want? What are you seeing? Um, because ultimately I want to pursue your will. Um, and a lot of frustration, a lot of dust gets kicked up in this season because we just don't want to, you know, this doesn't look like what I want. I already don't want to be here. Um, That'll make no sense. I'm not going to do that. But maybe, just maybe if you stay open and you go, all right, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to allow you to be my shepherd because really you want me to be in your will where you call me to be way more than I want to be there. And so it's on you to get me to that place. It's on me to follow your promptings and your leading. So I'm going to explore this. I'm going to stay open before you. I'm going to stay flexible. I'm going to relinquish, let go of my interest in the outcome and just seek your will. And that's ultimately what I'm going for. And lastly, this may be one of the larger lessons of of finding yourself in this kind of space. Be faithful in the little, you know, because like I said, God doesn't waste anything. Um, Master where you are and what's in your hand because it's always a prerequisite to promotion and to expansion. And I'm not saying... You know, be faithful in the little because you're ultimately looking for expansion. I, I believe God, you know, God isn't like a God of stay where you're at. He's always it's the scriptures say glory to glory and strength to strength, right? Um but every every place that you find yourself in is is to be used used and useful for the next phase, the next season, the next next assignment. Um and so like we talked about with um distractions and even with detours and you know um the other things that we've talked about this month you'll find yourself going in circles if you don't realize that you're supposed to be learning something where you are if you refuse to learn the lesson of your season you're going to circle that's what the children of israel did um in the desert it was like okay you're not going to learn we got to go around one more time you know you take another lap take another lap around and so you want to master where you are you know um Money is a big place where this shows up. You know, we want more, but we're not being faithful with where we are currently. And so we've got to get skills. We've got to get disciplines in place because more is just going to um, give us more room to, to be dysfunctional or more room to be dishonorable with, right? But if we learn in this place how to use our skills, how to use our time, how to invest in people, how to lead well, how to love well, how to serve well, um, that we can take that on a greater level and be great on a greater level. But if we refuse to be great where we are, we can't ever be entrusted with, with the scripture saying Luke 16, 10. True riches, what really matters, because it all does. All of it matters. And so when you're unfaithful in the little, you're going to be unfaithful in more. Um, and so if you find yourself grumbling, complaining, digging your heels in, you know, whining about where you are, you're being unfaithful in the little and God's not going to give you more because you'll find more to complain about. Um, I heard this this saying about singleness um, in marriage. It's that an unhappy single person is not rescued in marriage. They just have another person to be unhappy with when they get married. And that's really what what not learning how to be masterful and skillful in your season is about. It's about learn contentment, learn godliness, learn holiness, learn how to serve um, where you are because uh, contentment is a training ground. Godliness is a training ground. Being a person of integrity with little means that you're more likely to be a person of integrity with much. Um, because when nobody was looking and when it didn't matter to an audience, you had the internal, the intrinsic drive and motivation to be righteous, to be upstanding, to be um faithful. And then when you get in front of an audience, that doesn't mean anything because you learn the discipline for yourself before the audience of one. And so having a bunch of other people, having more money, having more access, being more quote unquote successful is not going to ruin you. You know, again, that was the thing with the children of Israel if I bring you into abundance and you haven't learned that I'm your source, abundance is going to ruin you. That was the whole mandate. That was the whole point of Deuteronomy eight. It was, Hey, when you get all this stuff that I've promised you, don't forget that it came from the Lord, your God. Don't be don't be adulterous towards me. Be faithful with me. So learn how to be faithful with me when we got nothing. Because when we have everything, then you'll, you'll, you know, that doesn't mean anything. It won't own you. Um, and so the same goes for the season that you, that you may find yourself in. If you find yourself in a place where it's like, oh, this is not ideal. Hey, learn how to be masterful. Master where you are. Um, be faithful. Be great. Be excellent on the little nine to five um, where you're not the boss, you know, be faithful being a stay at home mom, be faithful with that other person's thing that they've entrusted you with. Be faithful with the money that you make, you know, be faithful with the kids that you babysit, be faithful with the little. Um, and if you're believing God for something, whether that be a job or a home or a car, uh, a baby, whatever your family, a relationship, find somewhere to serve, find someone to sow into, um, financially with your time, with your energy, um, because you want to have that seed in the ground. And so maybe just, maybe God is giving you the space and the time to get seed in the ground in this season that doesn't feel ideal. That doesn't, that's not delivering what you want per se, um, so that you can get seed in the ground because there is no harvest where there is no seed. So, um, I hope this has been helpful for you. I've really enjoyed, um, just doing this mid-year check-in. It's actually really helped me to kind of refocus <laughs> and revamp and, uh, and check out my goals and see where I am and look at my heart. You know, this has not been so much about the, the tangible outcome, the, the quantified goals and outcomes. It's been more about how we produce those. So I hope this has been good to you and be good for you. Um, this does wrap up our, uh, our first little batch of episodes for season two. Next month, we are talking about seasons of marriage, and I'm actually really stoked about those. I've gotten some phenomenal women to kind of talk about the different, um, lanes that they're in in marriage right now. So we've got a good friend of mine who's been married for a little bit more than a year. Um, another friend of mine who's been married for about five or six years, I think. And she's got two little kids and one on the way. I'm hoping to talk to some women that you know have, uh, have um, older marriages, more mature marriages to get some goods from them as well. So uh, definitely tune in next month. It's going to be so good. I've enjoyed the interviews. Um, so I'm, sh- I'm sure you guys will enjoy those as well. It will be a little bit more mature content because we are talking about marriage. So mamas, if you're listening with your kiddos or your littles or anything like that, just be mindful. Um, we are talking about married people stuff and marriages and kids and things like that. So, um, Govern yourselves accordingly. As always, um, it really means a lot to me when you guys um, like or share or review the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. I definitely go back and read those. Um, I'm hoping to get on the Instagram page and get some feedback from you guys. If you don't follow the Instagram page, it's Walking Will Podcast or it's at Walking Will Podcast on Instagram. If there are other platforms that you'd love to see The Walking Well on, such as Facebook or Twitter, let me know. Um, because, you know, I'm not much of a social media guru, but I definitely want to be where the conversations are happening. So, um, just drop me a line and we'll definitely work on getting on that platform. So, um, so that, you know, the, the message goes out to everyone. As always, I love you guys. Be great. Make it an amazing week that is completely within your power. And like I said, you go from glory to glory and strength to strength. So go be bad out there in the world and and make a difference. It matters wherever you are and whatever season you find yourself in. It matters. I love you guys. Bye.